Episode 85. I'm Ket. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. How's it going, man? It's going good. Glad to hear it. I'm doing well also. Thank you for asking. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? How, how, how's it going with you is what I want to know. <laughs> uh, good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Actually, very tired. I had a long work day today. Oh, okay. Like, exhausting. But okay. Okay. Well. A lot of uh, manual labor stuff today. But you know what? I'm a stronger person for it. There you go. What about the uh, Undaunted Celebration event? Have you been participating in that at all? Well, here's the deal. The, the, <laughs> I got a long answer and a short answer. The short answer right. is just no. No, I have not participated okay. at all. <laughs> all right. The longer answer is that I do plan to participate. Uh, I, I do have a lot of dungeon sets that I kind of want to grind out, and this is, this is the time, right? Like, this is when you do it. You got a week left? Yeah, got a week to do it. But uh, here's the thing. I think I've probably said this before, but I'll say it again. I just do not like the pearl, what do they call Whatever they're called, that color, they're like iridescent colored. Oh, um, yeah, what is that? I can't think of the name right now, but yeah, opalescent. Opalescent, yes, thank you, <laughs> No wonder we couldn't think of it, good lord. Um, opalescent, just rolls right off the tongue there. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like it. It just doesn't motivate me at all. Like, there's a cool new set or, you know, some cool look. I just, you can't even, you know, and I get the whole point. You can't dye it is because it's this unique color, but it just doesn't do it for me. Just not motivated. Yeah, the, those, those sell per, for, for a pretty penny. That's one good thing about them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm not really, I don't, I'm really not into any weapon that I can't dye and customize in yeah, some way. I want to choose the color. Um, like those, all those arms packs, it's like from a, you know, like the Veladreth arms pack mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not into that stuff. You know what I think it is with me and you is that it's just, it's just PTSD from the days when everybody in the game is running around with the hideous Grothdar mask and you couldn't change your look. <laughs> before and we had Transmog. Yeah. Before Transmog, everybody's just running around with that stretched out skin over their face. And it was, uh, it was dark times, you know, that was just what everybody had. Yeah, it had Grothdar and Burning Spellweave, and <laughs> yes. it just looked atrocious. You could dye it all you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter what color you dyed it. You were still, everybody was terrifying looking. Yeah. Somerset. That's when it all, that's when it all changed. Best patch ever. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's Ket's Somerset moment of this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Undaunted event. Uh, you got another week left on that. I haven't really participated either. I've kind of accidentally, like, I needed some transmutes, so I did, like, three random normals on three different characters, and okay. just through doing that, I got those special reward boxes. I did get a couple style pages. Um, I put them up for sale. I don't I don't think they've sold yet. So. Are they, they're all opalescent, right? Like, that's just part of the... No. No. Okay. I think one of them was opalescent, uh, and then two, I got two, like, random purple. I don't even remember what they were. I, I remember looking them up, and I didn't care for what they look like. Mm, okay, so. okay. If you give me some good style pages, I will be motivated to take part in the event. But if that's the main draw of the event, right? That's like the yeah, that's what I want. The thing, yeah, that's like the main prize being offered. So another week left on that. 
Um, in other news, this coming Friday, September 16th, uh, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's uh, 1.30 for us, where we're at, in the in the better time zone, central time zone. <laughs> the best time zone, some call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. That's yeah. what I call it. <laughs> yep. Zoss is going to have a live stream event. This is going to be for the upcoming uh, Update 36 um, for the Q4 DLC. It's going to be called Fire Song. So um, we'll be be seeing some details about that. I'm sure it'll be a whole presentation. And this probably means that uh, the public test server is going up this next coming Monday. It's hard to believe that that's already upon us yet again. You kind of blew my mind when you told me about this the other day. It was just like, there's no way we're already going right back into PTS. But I know. It seems like we were ju- we just got yeah. done with PTS. What do we got? Like a weekend of this new change? Like... I mean, I know that's not true, but it just feels it feels like we're still getting a feel for this change. And and I don't know about you. I don't feel like I've got a, a good feel for it. I, I kind of have a, a decent idea, but still kind of tweaking. But changes are coming. It definitely still feels new. And like, yeah, people are still fi- figuring their builds out and the meta. You know, the the meta has somewhat been established, but I think it is kind of continuing to to shift and evolve and people are exploring different things still. Um, it is weird that it seems like it's already happening so soon, but when you think about it, really, it's always this way, really, but we just, we typically stop thinking about PTS in week three, right? When we get the, th- the week mm-hmm. three PTS notes, we know that like, all right, this is pretty much set in stone. We don't really have to th- think about PTS anymore. Uh, so it seems like a really long time until the next time we're really thinking about PTS. Uh, but this last time was different. They went all the way to the end, all the way to the end of week five. Um, and even week one of the live patch, yeah, I was there was some say, new they, stuff. They added a, a bonus week in there. Yeah. Um, so I think since we were like really paying attention to PTS all the way until the very end of this time, it just seems like such a shorter amount of time until it's it's popping up again. Uh, but I think it's it's this is typically when it happens. Like it's it's normally late November when the Q4 DLC happens, uh, and if you look at the calendar, that's about six weeks away. So uh, it's time for PTS. Let's just all hope that that Fire Song means that uh, Zoss is just hinting at uh, Drood is going to be the new class. Is it just Warden 2.0? Mm. Sure, why not? But we'll still take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something new would be nice. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we can probably safely expect some, uh, some balance changes with this patch. Uh, they already said they had a bunch more changes planned, um, for this, this last update that we got, and they just didn't want to overwhelm everyone with a bunch of changes all at once. Uh, so they definitely are saving some for this next coming patch. So just, I would, I would say be expecting that. I'm actually kind of, uh, optimistic. I think there's a lot of, uh, potential for, um, for the meta to really be in a very, very good place. There, there are some pain points in the meta right now, uh, but there's also a really, a lot of really great things happening in the meta right now. And if we can just address those few pain points, um, you know, I'm thinking maybe these changes that we'll get with this next update, or maybe just kind of the, the other half of the picture that we're needing to kind of make everything feel just right. You know, cause there's a lot of potential. Like I've been having a blast in battlegrounds, despite the, uh, the drawbacks and the, the very tanky meta and all of that, it's still been really fun. So we're really close to a very good meta, I think. Yeah, you're exactly right. Battlegrounds feel really good right now. There's there's kind of these select pain points, and when you run into those, they are rough. Mm-hmm. But 
the the kind of the messaging and the, and the the announcements that they've made really kind of seem really kind of make me believe that that they're aware of that and that the changes are coming to address those specific issues. So I do agree with you. I think we're going to be in a real good spot. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling a lot more optimistic than I was like during the last PTS, for example, Oof, you know, that was, a rough, that was a rough roller coaster. There was a lot of really <laughs> weird things happening, and granted, a lot of that stuff that we were concerned about actually ended up not even happening, you know. Yeah. So I think a lot of the, those were well-founded concerns at the time. But uh, I'm definitely feeling a lot more optimistic. I feel like there's a there's a lot of possibilities for things to be in a really good spot. Um, but we don't know yet. We'll have to see what those notes say come uh, Monday. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be all over that. Um, I'm thinking there might be an arena with this Q4 DLC. We'll we'll find out when the live stream thing happens, but uh if they follow the 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 pattern that we've had for like the last 4 or 5 years, you you get an arena in Q4 every other year. Uh and I don't think they've ever officially stated that that's that's the pattern that they're following, but that just happens to be the pattern that it's been happening. Uh so maybe we'll get an arena. Yeah. That would be a big time. I mean, not only is that just content, like new content to play, which is, you know, a lot of people enjoy the arenas, but the uh the sets and the and the and the weapons that come out of arenas those are pretty big game changers. Yeah, like ability altering weapons, those yep. yeah, that would be a big deal if we got a whole new collection of those things. Absolutely. Think of Vatishran. I mean, so many of those weapons oh, yeah. are are used all the time. So yeah, we'll we'll be on the lookout for that. Probably our next episode, we'll be talking about weeks one and two uh, uh, of that PTS. In the meantime, we'll be playing a whole bunch of Battlegrounds as usual, uh, which is what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks since last we talked. Uh, for the last few years of our lives, really. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like these past couple of weeks, I've actually been playing again, though, compared to where I yeah, was last you're episode. Back. I'm back. I'm in the game again. Davis is back, people. I'm telling you, I'll be logged in doing stuff, and I'll look at the little chat box, and it says Davis Starjumper has logged in, and I'll say, "Well, will it, will you look at that? Well, look there he there. is, <laughs> the man himself." <laughs> yeah, dude, it's good. It's good to see you logging in and doing BGs, and or sometimes, you know, a lot of times we just are just in Discord doing totally different things, but we're just talking while we're doing those things. And uh... I would say theory crafting is like. 95% of our ESO. Whether we're in BGs queuing up or not, it's we we love some good theory craft. Oh yeah. We love talking about builds and different possibilities and mm-hmm. that's that's funny. You know, you listen to this podcast and what what all we're talking about and you're thinking like, oh yeah, they're doing a podcast, so that's just what they sound like on a podcast, but we turn this recording <laughs> off and it just keeps going. It's, just, it's the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grizzly says, uh, Grizzly Khan says, same thing, more profanity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's accurate. We've been playing a lot of Bee Gees. Uh, Like we said, there's a lot of really good things happening about the meta right now. Um, It is very tanky, and that's the, that's the kind of the singular, like big pain point is you get in those matches. Like if it's, you know, prime time on a Friday night and you get in there with some high MMR matches where all the good players are logged on, everyone's getting sweaty. Already, like in any meta, it's hard to kill people in a situation like that. You know, in this meta, it is straight up impossible to kill a lot of people. Like a warden wearing Mara's Balm, they're not going to die. Not it does not kill. matter how hard you focus them. It's just it's not, not going happen. to happen. I think the other, the other, you know, going right into this, but a big pain point with this too is that you know, we like to queue up for duos or, or, you know, even we'll get three people together or even four sometimes. And 
with this meta, you you kind of run into these teams that are are designed, and man, the the tankiness with these design teams is it. You really will. You run into a team that you just absolutely. I don't care what you have or what you got going on. You just will not kill one of them. Yeah, they, they are designed to where it is you know actually impossible to kill one of them, and it's 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 a it's a problem when the meta can can allow that actual situation to happen because it does make those matches not not so much fun (laughs) yeah it really makes the group queue not super enjoyable honestly like that's like the solo queue has been pretty nice and i think actually the the fact that it is so much easier to be survivable uh really for everybody whether you're wearing mara's bomb or not you know like everyone's tankier this meta regardless uh, of what your build is i think that's a that's really not so bad in the solo queue where it's just kind of chaos a lot of the time, you know, and everyone's just sort of playing their own game. It is kind of nice that I don't have to be quite so careful. I can be a little bit more bold and, and that kind of stuff. And I actually kind of like it in the solo queue, but uh, in the in the group queue, it's it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And you really do have to be optimi- like a really well-optimized group, like you said. Um, I I have seen some very, like, high high level very skilled players in uh guild chats and stuff give some advice about uh if you want to get kills this match the only thing that they've found that works is just stacking damage the i can't remember the exact quote but this one person uh they said something along the lines of just stack damage don't worry about defense don't worry about sustain just get your damage as high as you can and just get good just figure out how to make the sustain work and and all that other stuff uh, and I do see some people that are playing that way. It's actually a lot of kind of classic dizzy swing builds that I've seen, uh, really shredding out there and actually yeah. getting some serious kills and really wrecking. Uh, but that's how they're having to do it. They're like going zero sustain, zero defense, and just going hard offense and doing a lot of heavy attacks and utilizing off balance to get uh, resources back. Um, if you don't know heavy attacks against an off balance target, you get additional resources back uh, from that. So you can figure it out and get good at that and, and make it work. And if you can do that, then you can get kills. But otherwise, it's pretty hard. Yeah. I actually even enjoy when those matches happen because, like you said, they're so stacked offensively and no defensively that at least at least they'll die a couple times. Like yeah. Those really good players you're talking about have crazy kill counts. But at least you, when you're fighting them, you, you can get them. You can get some kills yourself. And so it does make it a little bit more fun if that's what they're playing. Yeah, that's what I I I like it when players build so that they can kill people and that makes it so that they can also be killed, you know, mm-hmm. just by the nature of how that has to go. That's kind of an issue. I mean, we won't get all into it, but that's the issue with the the random only queue is that so many people build just to be tanks and they don't even care yeah. about doing damage. They just want to stand on flag or they just want to hold the chaos ball for as long as possible or whatever. Uh, that's a big part of why it is so tanky is because people just straight up build to be tanks. Yep. Whereas normal, like in deathmatch, that would be a useless thing to have. You know, yeah. no one would do that. Yeah, we've we've had multiple matches where it's like the highest kill count in the match is like two or three kills, and it's mm-hmm. like we just tons. We just waited in queue for a, a BG, and it's like the highest kill count in the entire match was three kills. Yeah. And I don't blame the players who like standing on flags and, and that sort of thing. Hey, you know, everyone has their thing that they like to do. Um, but yeah, it, it makes it just it just further adds to the tanky meta. It's weird how the solo or the, the random queue also contributes to it being a very tanky meta. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Mara's Balm was sort of nerfed uh, last Wednesday, I think it was. There was a maintenance patch, and they, they cut the heal in half on Mara's Balm. Uh, not nearly enough of a nerf. This thing is still no. totally cracked. But there was a forum comment uh, on the official forums from uh, Community Manager... <laughs> always fumble this. Community <laughs> Manager Gina Bruno. Uh, she said they are planning to do some additional fixes before even the next update comes out. So so twice they're going to be touching this thing during... Like on the live server, which is pretty unusual. Um but anyway, they're they're going to be adding a one second cooldown to the heal, but then uh, she said they're going to increase the amount that it heals for. So I'm guessing they're going to undo that 50% healing nerf that they just gave it, uh, but then give it that one second cooldown. And that seems like probably the right move. That's probably going to be what needs to happen. Um... I don't think this is going to be the thing that fixes the tanky meta, though, you know? Like, yeah, the people who are wearing Mars Balm right now are literally impossible to kill. Uh, but even people who are not wearing Mars Balm are very difficult to kill. Yeah. Um, we talked about on the last episode, we had a, a big, long list of all these things that are making uh, the meta so tanky. Um, so Mars Balm, yeah, that, I mean, that's a particularly strong example, uh, but there's lots and lots of other things. Yeah. The the Morrow's bomb just makes people unkillable. Like when it's gotten to the point where if somebody's wearing that set in a BG, you just immediately know. You're like, okay, that's what that is. But even when people aren't wearing that set, it's extremely tanky and still very difficult to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, damage is just down across the board. Yeah, and heals I mean, I know they're down a little bit, but they're just they're not as down as, as the damage. Yeah, they're is. they're really not like I really don't feel the the healing nerve. It was really just like a regen. Yeah. Was nerfed. He's like the real main one, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think healing is still super duper strong. And not to mention the fact that even stamina builds are healers now. Yeah. Stamina builds full on healers. Like, yeah. yeah 100%. Like, all my, like, I, I log on with my stamina nightblade, and if somebody needs a heal, I got them. That's one of the things about the hybridization that's happened that the the stamina weapon and, you know, weapon damage that you stack so high. As they still, it doesn't seem like the like uh, the balance changes have fully caught up to that a massive amount of weapon damage being applied to these heals. Uh, yeah, it seems like that's still a little bit out of balance, and and it's been tanky seemingly since since that's kind of happened. The thing I'd like to see happen related to that is I think healing abilities should be treated like healing proc sets. How uh, healing proc sets only scale with your max stats. I think maybe healing abilities should only scale with your max stats, you know, yeah. and that way, you know, if you, if they're, if you have them on your damage dealing character, they'll, they'll heal you. They'll do some healing, but they're not going to be nearly as powerful as an actual healer who's specced all the way into max stats. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a, that would like make healers more, um, like desirable, you know, cause they'd have to actually spec into it. And yeah, I think that, that'd be a good solution. Yeah. I actually agree with that. I feel like the fact that the healing proc sets are that way, to me, kind of indicates that that's a possibility that could happen at some point in the future. It's the way they're wanting to go, yeah. Like, it, yeah, it's something that they've thought about at least, you know. So, you know, I think we're always talking about how this meta is constantly shifting in this game. You know, it's like a we think it's a planned cycle, you know. So they're always holding on to some ideas, I bet, to kind of. You know, oh, maybe we'll shift some things around here on this Q3 or whatever. Um, I bet that's kind of something that's in their pocket that they they might they might do at some point. 
Who knows? Just speculating. <laughs> Davius, where are the Battlegrounds weekend events? What weekend events? I don't believe they're actually real anymore. I think it was oh just... Oh my goodness. <laughs> was that around April? Was that when they announced that? Was that around April 1st? Was that I was when? thinking. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, like March or April. Oh, I see what you're saying. April Fool's Day. <laughs> Seriously. They got us good is what I think's happening. I was thinking they were going to be like an every weekend thing. That yep. was what I was... Maybe I was hopeful thinking, wishful thinking. But I was thinking we'd have a, a Crazy King weekend this weekend and Chaos mm-hmm. Ball is next weekend and on and on. There's been no communication at all about when these things are going to be happening or what kind of frequency or anything like that. No updates, no dates or anything. I I legit thought they were going to be like fillers in between like the Undaunted event and then the next major event. Well, every weekend between was going to have one of these little minor. Like I thought they were going to kind of work as a minor event. Um, Maybe I just underestimated how minor they would be, you know? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're, we're halfway through this uh this update now and have, we haven't seen these events yet like guys come on we're ready let's do it so anyway we'll we'll keep an eye on that i guess speaking of battlegrounds i've certainly been playing a lot of them like usual um i've been having a lot of fun probably because i've been playing this extra spicy magsork build um man oh man guys if you're if you're looking for a good magsork build, this is it right here. Now I had to I had to beg Uncle Sam, our friend of the show, <laughs> to tell me what his magsork build is. He did not want to tell me. This was months ago, <laughs> mind you. He doesn't like sharing the builds. He doesn't like doing it. He made me promise not to talk about it on the show because he wanted to to keep it all to himself. Hopefully, he uh, doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I finally got the go ahead. He he's well aware. Um, but yeah, I mean, last week I, I just kind of all of a sudden decided I wanted to put my mag sort together. He's just, I mean, for a couple of years, he's just been doing nothing. Um, and I decided, you know, I'm just going to basically straight up copy Sam's build. Cause I already know it's an awesome build. I, I can clearly see, and it's very much a, uh, my kind of build. So it, it was easy to do. So it's not exactly the same. There are things that are different, but the important parts are the same. Um, so what it is, uh, it's. Kavach Gladiator as a front bar set with a flame staff. Wretched Vitality on the back bar, of course, with a resto staff. Uh, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm and three willpower on the jewelry. So you can see why I say it's a it's a, a set that's very agreeable for how I like to, to oh, make yeah. a build. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, had you at Wretched. <laughs> yeah, had me at Wretched and, uh, and Sithis. And Sithis, there you go. So my version of the build, I'm using three medium, three light, one heavy. That's the sustain. That's where the sustain feels good for me. And I'm using three bloodthirsty on the jewelry. Uh, so I'm, I'm using a non-swift trait on my jewelry, if that's you can believe that. A little wild. Yeah, yeah, Grizzly Cut. He was right there with it. Can't can't be <laughs> yes. a cat build without three swift. Well, funny you should say that. Uh, the reason I cannot use swift is because I'm using the uh, stamina morph of the armor buff, Hurricane. And that gives me minor expedition. So that takes care of that extra movement speed I like to have. Uh, and that frees me up to to use something different on the jewelry. Now, I could go extra on the on the speed, and that would be fun. But this build is all about uh, being an executioner. So three bloodthirsty is the way to go here. I actually made a build video for this, and I put it on YouTube, and I was using three infused on that build. And that's that's also very, very good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I've since switched to uh, Bloodthirsty, and that's the move. 
So uh, this Kavach Gladiator set, speaking of um, being an executioner, that's that's what this set is. Um, I think this is a set that's easy to fly under the radar. It's easy to overlook this set. Um, it's a crafted set. Uh, it only requires five traits. It gives you two lines of crit, one line of weapon and spell damage, uh, and the five piece gives you 1,475 weapon and spell damage against targets below 25% health. And I'm pretty sure that scales, that 1475, I think it's more like 1700, you know, after your major damage buff. Mm -hmm. So that's a ton of damage, but if you're like me, you're thinking, yeah, but only against targets who are in execute range. You know, 75% of the time it's doing nothing at all. And, um, you know, totally valid reasoning. That makes total sense. But I think on a sorcerer in particular, that's really not an issue. You know, like your whole job, especially like in a battleground setting, being like a member of a team, like your role is to be the executioner. You know, you're making sure that if any enemy health bar gets low, that you're snatching that kill. Your team gets that kill, right? That's your job. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to wear a set that makes you the best you can possibly be at that job, Kavach Gladiator is at 1475 weapon and spell damage. Uh, to all of your abilities, not just your execute ability. I mean, your execute ability is a really good ability, of course, and that's what makes a sork a sork. But that's all of your abilities are going to hit that hard uh, when you're when their health bars are low. Plus, you have the three bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty starts kicking in when they uh, go below ninety percent health, and at at fifty nine percent health, it becomes stronger than the infused trait, and it just keeps ramping up from there. Um, so, I mean, once you kind of get your claws in them, you start laying a little bit of damage into them. Sorks are already super duper bursty. Uh, it really isn't hard to, to get them down into execute range all by yourself. Not to mention in battlegrounds, you know, there's going to be tons and tons of times you're targeting people who are already low on health. You know, we're long range, we're hanging back, we're just picking and choosing our targets, uh, as we please. Um, it kind of feels like cheating, you know, like honestly, <laughs> like it's so, it's so good. It's so incredibly powerful. Uh uh like it's very rare that i don't get double digit kill accounts on this build as not a sork main you know like i know how to play a sork but i'm absolutely not a main at all and i'm in the i'm in the sweaties i'm up there with the same names that i'm used to seeing all the time i know how i typically perform against them this builds on another level yeah i don't think i've ever been uh, played with you on this build where you didn't have double digit i'm trying i literally am trying to think of one i can't think of one where you didn't have double digit kills I've had a couple of like ultra sweaties where I got like six kills, but that's very unusual. Usually it's like 15 or more, like most yeah. of the time, I would say. Yeah. Um, so that Kavach Gladiator set, I mean, it, it's crafted. It only requires five traits. It's super easy to just try it. I, I'm telling you, if you have a Sork, just equip it. See what happens. Just see what happens. <laughs> just, just do it. Um, I also want to talk about the Overload Ultimate, man. I was talking about how Sorks are very bursty. You, you can get people into Execute range all by yourself. Man, if you're using Overload, there's nobody you can't kill, okay? Nobody survives. So Overload, if you don't know, it's a very unique Ultimate. Uh, it's a toggle. You toggle it on, um, and you can turn it off anytime you want. Um, but while it's active, it turns your um, Light Attacks into these Lightning Bolts, and each one consumes 21 Ultimate. Um, so what you do is you turn it on and you just go back to doing your normal combo like you always do. Uh, and of course, you're always light attack weaving. Uh, but with, with Overload active, your light attacks are delivering these insanely powerful lightning bolts. I think for me, they're like a 10, 11,000 each, something like that is the tooltip. 
Jeez. It basically doubles my damage output against whatever target I'm looking at. And then, you know, that bloodthirsty jewelry is just ramping that damage. It's extremely powerful. Uh, something that's really, really fun to do is to save all the way up to 500 ultimate and then just kick <laughs> kick on that overload and just go on a murder spree for like two straight minutes. Just everything you look at dies. Super duper fun. Um, but it's also really unique because, you know, it only consumes 21 ultimate at a time. So say you, you save up to 500 ultimate and you kick on the overload, you go on offense, you're killing people. But then like... Like I have the resto ult on my back bar, which on my build is 109 ultimate. So as long as I don't go below 109 ultimate, at any time I can flip to my back bar and still use my resto ult, even though I was just using my offensive ult. It's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. So I've been trying to, I'm, I'm not very good at it right now, but I've, I've been trying to train myself to think of 109 ultimate as, as zero. Like I, I never try to go below that. Um, so I always have that resto ult ready to go. That kind of feels like a cheat code, honestly, you know, like I can just go on a rampage with my offensive ultimate and still flip to my back bar and use my resto ult anytime I need to. Um, the best ultimate in the game, I think. I mean, it's just very, very good. It's also kind of discreet. Like a lot of people don't exactly know what it is. It's just kind of a, it is a lightning bolt. You definitely, if you know what it is, you, you can identify it, but for people who don't know what it is, they kind of just think it's a regular light attack or something like that. Yeah. For an ultimate, it is very low key. Yeah. You know, usually these ultimate abilities, this massive, you know, animation and very, you know, it's very low key for an ultimate. That's, that's for sure. There are two kinds of players in Battlegrounds. If you're a sorcerer, there are players who know what overload is <laughs> and there are dead players. <laughs> Those are the two. It. Those are the two kinds. Uh, I'm telling you, nobody survives. If you have Overload going and you hit them with the full Sork, like Curse Fury Frags combo, they will not survive. Doesn't matter. Warden with Mara's Bomb, maybe they will, but they're like the only ones. <laughs> um, it's super fun to like be trying to like take someone out without my ultimate going, and I'm like laying into them and they just won't die. And I'm like, fine, forget it. I'm tired of this person. Kick on the Overload. They're, they're toast immediately. They're just, they just vanish. And especially with this build, that overload kind of makes up for the the Kavash Gladiator, you know? Like, yeah, you need that extra punch until you get to that 25%, and that overload just seems to do it for you. Yeah, and you can use it as much or as little as you want. You know, there's lots of times where I'll just kick it on, do like a little like three-hit combo, turn it right back off, you know? So you, you, you build it back up. You, you kind of always have it ready if you do it right. It's the best ultimate in the game by a mile, man. It's so good. I'm also using crystal frags as my spammable. That's another uh, tip from Uncle Sam. And I think not too long ago, that's something that would have seemed to me to be unthinkable. Um, but it's actually a really great spammable. It has the same cost as a normal spammable. It has a 0.8 second cast time, which can be maybe a turnoff. But think about dizzying swing. That's a 0.8 second cast time. So it's just a ranged dizzying swing. Um, but it, it can also proc... Uh, and get that instant cast with the bonus damage. It can also proc itself. So anytime you're hard casting it, you you still have a chance to get that special proc, uh, which is really nice. It does more damage than most other spammables because of that cast time. Uh, it activates all kinds of class passives and stuff, and it saves you a bar slot, right? You don't have to have frags and a spammable slotted. Frags is your spammable, and it's also part of your burst combo. Uh, so it just really tidies up the bar space really, really nicely. Uh, that was a great tip, Sam. Thank you for that. Um, 
the healing kit that I've come up with for mine, it took me quite a while to come up with a healing kit that I felt good about. And while still being able to have all the other stuff that I, I like to have in a build, I'm, I'm not using the matriarch and I'm not using any shields. Uh, so am I even a Sork? I don't know. Uh, well, I have, I have fury. So yeah, I am. but, um, I'm just relying on rapid regen and dark conversion as my main healing abilities. Rapid regen was nerfed pretty considerably, but I've found it to still be sufficient. Like if I, if I like kind of run behind a pillar or something like that, cast a rapid regen and then one or two dark conversions and I'm, I'm right back in the fight. It, it works pretty well. Plus I can, um, I can tag other allies with rapid regen and help them heal up. So it's not nothing. It's a it's a decent amount of healing. Plus, I have Critical Surge. That helps me when I'm going on offense. That's giving me a pretty good amount of healing as well. I got the Resto Ult uh, for emergencies. Uh, and I have a lot of movement speed, and I have Streak, and I have very good situational awareness because I, I try to play smart. Um, so I think with all those things combined, I, I'm, I find survivability. I rarely die more than once. The... The best kill count I got was a 37 and 0. I put that video on YouTube. It was a little bit of a pug stomp, but 37 and 0. That's that's just it was another level. It was ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That's uh, back to the uh, gosh, was it the uh, the proc meta days where we didn't have a death match again and there were just kill yeah. counts through the roof. Yeah, you do see them. Reminisce. Oh, I've seen ridiculous. Like the last. Within the last couple of months, I've seen like 7 million damage from players and stuff <laughs> like that. Like just outrageous stuff uh, from people just doing a lot of AOE procs and stuff like that, basically. That is the one thing I will say about the, if you're not in a deathmatch, but everybody's playing deathmatch and you just get 15 straight minutes of deathmatch. Ah, that's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Everyone's on the same page and nobody touches the chaos ball. And you yep. just, yeah, oh, yeah. Ah, I love it. So great. Um, so anyway, there is a build video on YouTube for this, um, uh, this mag sork. It's the most recent video I put up uh, as of right now. Uh, just keep in mind, I've changed the, the jewelry to bloodthirsty instead of infused. And if you click the, the build link in the description to see kind of the written up version, it'll, it'll reflect that. But even with infused, honestly, it's still very, very good. Um, highly, highly recommend just checking out that Kavach Gladiator set and the the um, Wretched Vitality. I mean, I know I say it like for every build, like I'm always like, oh, it's especially good for this build. Oh, it's especially good for this build. It is especially good for, <laughs> for it a It magically mag gets better with each build you put it in. I mean, it's giving you all that magical recovery, obviously a good thing for a magical build, and it's giving me all that stamina recovery, which for a Sork is just more magical recovery, right? You got all those dark deals, so you can just turn that into as much magic as you want, but it's also still just stamina recovery, so I can run a lot more and dodge and all that kind of stuff. That's just amazing. It's like Wretched Vitality and Kavach Gladiator, those two sets are just like the perfect marriage for, for a Magsort build. Anyway, Bearclaw the Nord. Davius, your Stamina Warden. What's going on with this dude, man? Stamina Warden. This is this is the build that I, uh, I've probably been playing the most and i've been the most excited about uh i'll just kind of run through the build that he he's gone through a lot you know through the past couple episodes i think he's like been it's, through a lot he's been through a lot this guy let me tell you uh you know i've been kind of testing out different builds he was technically i think a magden there for a little bit you know we'll mm -hmm. forget that time in history <laughs> wipe it out of your brain it just it didn't feel good Old, old bear claw. He's he's no he's no magic user. That's mm -hmm. not his. That's it not his cup right. of tea. Nah, mm -hmm. nah, nah, nah. 
but the build that he has settled on right now, I've been, I've, I've stuck to that for a couple weeks now. It's a, a five-piece Briarheart, two-piece Baylorg, uh, Oaken Soul. So it is an Oaken Soul build. Nice. Uh, the Vatishran Point Blank Snipe Bow. It's right up Bear Claws Alley. Love it. And then uh, two-piece Trainee just to kind of boost the stats. Sweet. Uh, Sounds solid. And this build, you know, it's it's just this character is just my, you know, I feel like you described him best the other day. He's the he's my yakety sax character is what he is. It's just <laughs> yes. he needs to be wacky. It needs to be odd. And this build set up for him is just perfect. Uh, it it's it's a whole lot of fun. It's still running straight up to someone's nose and and shooting them with a bow. Um, yeah, I love the whole concept of point blank snipe. It's so it's, funny. It's fantastic. Especially, it seems like it's made for this guy. This guy's his yeah. his whole conception from the very beginning is bow brawler, close yeah. range bow brawler, close range bow brawler, and yeah. they made a weapon for it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it just works perfectly. Um, and and this build right now is working out really well. It is. Uh, it's it's been my favorite build to play with you. Um, you know, you were just talking about this executing Mag Sork, and even before then, you were playing your your Magicka Templar, who's also kind of an execute build. And this is a mm-hmm. a a beautiful uh one two punch. Uh, if he if he is paired with uh, that type of build, is that he does yeah. he does a whole lot of damage. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, execute ability. It can be a little bit tricky. The ultimate I use is the bear. The actual uh, bear summon, which is an execute, but uh, it it does work when I play the solo queue, but it's not going to execute people near as quickly as your as your mag sork build will. Well, it's uh, nice because I mean, you you basically most of the time if you're using snipe, you can hit somebody with one snipe, and yeah. you're lucky if you can get anything after that because they start panicking after yeah. that. Oh yeah, absolutely. When you're with a sork, they that mage's wrath is already on them. You know, there's yeah. no escape. You know, you get that health bar low, and then pop. They're gone. Exactly. And especially with this build, I mean, this build is just made to take chunks of health. And so it does. It takes you when, by surprise. <laughs> when it is paired with one of those execute builds, I mean, it gets going and then it just gets them right into that, you know, Kavach Gladiator, right in that range. And then they just start getting deleted. And so it's it's been really fun to kind of pair this with with your Magsorg build, or even when we have Uncle Sam on the team. Uh it's it's been a good match. Um it uh uh, probably my my favorite discovery with this build is that, uh, and I didn't even really mean to do this. It was just kind of one of those discoveries that I kind of accidentally stumbled upon, and then kind of switched the whole build to kind of go down this path. Is this Baylorg? Uh, I threw Baylorg on there. Uh, probably a lot of people probably realize this about Baylorg, but you know I've read through it. I've had multiple sets of it in my bank for a while, and I've always read through it as like, all right, like whatever ultimate. When you cast your ultimate, you get that weapon to spell damage, which is nice, and you get that penetration, you know, 23 times, so it's nice. But I've never really thought about it in the sense that you get however much ultimate you spend. Forget the cost of your ultimate. It's however much ultimate that you have. That's how much you're getting. And so uh, pairing that with this build, uh, and I kind of made some adjustments to really kind of go all in on Baylorg. Baylorg is kind of the engine that drives this build. Um, in the sense that I go, uh, with shimmering shield. So I get major heroism with shimmering shield. Uh, mm-hmm. it's an Oaken soul build. So I always have minor heroism. Uh, it's a Nord, of course, 
No other yeah. races matter. <laughs> uh, and just as a reminder, that Nord passive, uh, racial passive, is you get five ultimate every 10 seconds when you're taking damage. Yeah. Uh, which is it's a like lot a mini blood. You have like a little mini blood spawn, basically. Exactly. Um, and so I am getting ultimate extremely rapidly on this build. I mean, it is rapidly climbing up. Uh, and with using that bear, the bear, first of all, the bear is always out. So it's a great body shield. Uh, he's He does AOE damage. He can stun people. He just really kind of annoys people, which is fantastic. Man, that, that bear is annoying. <laughs> he works out perfect for that. But the, the really nice part is that his ultimate only costs 75 ultimate. And what's nice about that is that I always, and I mean always, can hit that ultimate to get that Baylord ramp up. It's just amping up that point blank snipe even more. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, the, you know, just, and obviously, you know, running through the numbers, this is, this is best case scenario, but I, I really mean this. It is very easy for this character to get 500 ultimate multiple times in a BG. Like mm-hmm. if I just let it kick in, it will get to 500 ultimate multiple times in one BG. And just just some of the numbers uh, that I'll go through with that Baylorg and kind of having that combo, let the ultimate ramp up, kick it in, you know, kick on that Baylorg, hit the ultimate. Um, It's 600 weapon damage and 15,400 penetration. Oof. Boy. Yeah. So, yeah, you get the full 500 (laughs) and you cast your ultimate, then you point blank snipe someone like right in their face. That's probably about a one shot right there. Yeah. And then you tack on the Vatishran to what those stats I just said, 33% additional damage. Uh, The snipe tooltip is is almost 15k with 15,000 penetration. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, like I said, it has just become this just taking chunks of health on players. And it's the nice thing about Baylorg is it's a 12 second uh, uptime. Seems like an eternity to have those kind of stats. And so uh, you just start kind of laying into people um, and it's, you know, it's, it's one or two, especially if I'm pairing with you or, you know, or Sam and one of these, or or just really anybody on the team that's a a Sork and kind of has an execute build going it's kind of one or two of these hits and then they'll just blow up just from the, from the executes on them. And it does take their, their health down. It's, you know, it you, really you does. <laughs> it is you get fun. The, you get, you line it up with the sub assault and get, mm-hmm. get that snipe on them. Mm-hmm. Another beautiful thing about that point blank snipe too, that uh, I, I don't think a lot of people realize I, I didn't realize until recently is that um, bare minimum, even if you're really, really far away from your uh, target, you you are at least getting a 5% boost to snipe uh, yeah, at the at the very least. Um, and so, you know, you're meant to be playing up close, but you actually, like, your range game is really good, too. Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, if you're within those three meters, it's very beneficial, but you, you're still laying into people and you're still doing good damage. And so the entire time you're running into a fight or going into a fight, or if you need to be mobile, you're still laying in damage to the team where it works really well. Mm-hmm. And if someone's like trying to get away or something, you can still hit them because that snipe is, has such a long range. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And the build, uh, you know, at the same time, it is very tanky. And it's it's kind of tanky in a unique way. And, and really kind of what I mean by that is the only defense that this build has is uh, the Shimmering Shield. And, uh, it's a lot uh, right there. Yeah, Shimmering Shield is the key to that. But the yeah. only heal I have on the build is Vigor. I, wow. I only use Vigor. 
And really, Dang. the strategy is that I just I throw up that shield, and then you know throw up the shield, and then throw up vigor, and then kick on the wings, and then just start booking it, and just waiting, just utilizing that shield to mm-hmm. hold me hold me over until vigor kicks me back up, and then I turn around and get right back in the fight. And the the extra nice thing about shimmering shield is, and you know, people probably realize this, but if you don't, is every time a player hits you. You're recovering Magicka. Uh, oh, I forgot about that aspect of it. Yes. Oh. And so on a stamina character, is it, on a stamina character, when every time they're hitting me, it's just boosting my Magicka, I can get to a point where I'm just spamming that shield. So even if they break yeah. through the shield, I'm just throwing another one right up there. And so it really has created a extremely tanky character. Just, just kind of an idea that Shimmering Shield tooltip in a BG... It's a 24k tooltip shield mm-hmm. in a BG. Yeah. Uh, so it is extremely uh once I get, you know, once I start moving and get out of range and they, they only can hit me with range, I throw up that shield, hit vigor, hit the wings to get out of there. Uh usually the wings has get, that snare removal now yep. so you can so I, you can stay on the move easy. Yep, I can get yeah. right out of dodge and then as soon as vigor gets me back up, I just turn around, and get right back in the fight. Um so it is it's it's been a really really fun build to play, and it's worked out really really well. Uh, just kind of the com- some of the duos that we've been playing with it. Uh, it has worked out really well. I'll, I'll run through the combo. It's a very very simple combo. It's an Oaken Soul build, so it makes it a little easier. But essentially, all it is is that you know your ult is through the roof. So really, any fight you start off with is that I actually kick on that bear ult, and that's what ramps up that Baylorg for the whole fight. You kick on sub assault, and then you just point blank snipe two times, you know, your light tech weaving in between all these, obviously mm-hmm. but you get about two snipes off. And then at that point, their health is either, either your teammate with an execute has already killed them <laughs> at that point. If you're in the solo BG, then I will use the bear ult to finish off that because that's the other thing about that barrel is that by the time I've gone through this combo, I already have 75 ult again. So even when I start the combo with the bear, by the time I get through the combo, I can already use that ult again as an execute. Uh, and the bear ultimate ability is actually a pretty nice execute too. Yeah. And I imagine if you're like sniping them, they're they're like so focused on the snipes, they might not mm-hmm. even be aware that bear's nearby and then it <laughs> yes. gets them. The bear execute is probably hands down my favorite... It's my favorite, like my favorite way to kill somebody in a BG in the entire game, just because there's like they they always seem so caught off guard by it. Yeah, like they're so focused on me. Like here's this here's this bow character, he's sniping me, and then you just see this bear run in, and he stands up on his back two legs, and then it's just this massive hit. And I'm talking, you know, if I've got that bay that that same Baylorg uh, tooltip that I was reading before with the 600 weapon damage, uh, if they're in execute range, the that execute on the bear tooltip is 25k. Uh so it is a yeah. massive hit that they just they just you know it's just hard to see coming because usually that bear is just kind of annoying you. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people use that execute. I, I don't see it used a lot, you know. Like I mm-hmm. see that bear out there, but I feel like most people are just kind of using it as a body block mostly. Yep. Uh but you use that thing, man. And yeah, I see it take people by <laughs> surprise. They're not ready for it. Yeah, so that uh, it it's been a lot of fun with that build and and, and the yakety sax is in, in full form uh-huh. right now, for sure. Uh, Grizzly asked, "How does Baylor work with overload?" I've never tried it, but I'm guessing each time you cast a light attack, it would just stack. Maybe 
That is interesting. Um, I wonder if it would stack or if it would... Replace? Replace. I'm guessing stack, but I really don't know. It's just just taking a guess. Hmm. That is interesting. Uh, yes, Dr. Vesper, uh, your ultimate scale off of your whatever your highest uh, offensive stats are. And they've actually always been that way, not just mm. during hybridization. Yeah. Yeah, they were the original hybrid. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. That's all you have to say about Bearclaw? Old Bearclaw. I highly recommend it if anybody wants to just have just kind of a goofy fun time with the build. That's, Don't sleep on Point one. Blank Snipe. Don't sleep on Point Blank Snipe. It's very good. It is. I, there's something, especially in this tanky meta, there's just some extreme joy. And when you get the combo off and you're laying into people, and I'm talking like, there's been times that I've hit people and it's like 25, 50% of their health bar, which is mm-hmm. as soon as one snipe lands. And then the sub-assault hits. I mean, it's just, you can see health bars just disappear. Yeah. You got all that penetration up there and it's 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 pretty fun. Always good to see Bear Claw doing well, man. If Bear Claw's doing well, I know that the meta can't be too bad. Right? <laughs> Things are in good shape. Yeah, full Bear in good shape. That's well. my that's like my meta barometer. Is Bear Claw doing okay? <laughs> All right, we're doing fine. This meta's good. Um, you briefly mentioned my Magplar uh, a little while ago, Butch Mahoney. Um, talked about him a little bit on the last episode. How I was thinking about making a range build for him that's really focused on the Jesus Beam execute. Uh, and all that. Um, I I said that I was going to try Deadly Strikes with um, Bloodthirsty Jewelry, and I did try both of those things, and I've ended up doing neither of those things. Uh, <laughs> so um, what the build has ended up being, I, and I've also made a build video for this on YouTube if you'd like to see more details there, but uh, the build is War Maiden as a front bar set, which is already the set that, uh, that I was using. I've just switched to a Flame Staff instead of a Lightning Staff. Uh, so War Maiden front bar with the Flame Staff, uh, Wretched back bar with the Resto Staff, three willpower on the Jewelry and the Sithis Helm. So nearly identical gear setup to my Sork, uh, except the front bar set is different, right? It's mm-hmm. War Maiden. Um, I do have the Swift Jewelry on this one because I don't have any other source of, of movement speed. You love you a Speedy Templar. Absolutely. Speedy Templar, the way to go. Uh, War Maiden versus Deadly Strikes, that's just a no, no-brainer no once I compare the two, because the whole purpose of Deadly Strikes is I was thinking it's going to apply to that beam, and it's going to ramp up that beam so much. And, and it does. It does do that. Um, but uh, that beam deals magic damage, so that means War Maiden applies to it, and it gives it almost an identical tooltip to what Deadly Strikes gives it. Uh, but War Maiden also applies to the rest of my offense, because everything, everything else I have deals magic damage as well. Um, so that just gives me that upfront damage that I need, uh, to actually take people down and put them into execute range by myself without relying on teammates and other things like that. Um, so that is definitely the good move there. Um, living dark that replaced radiating regen. Radiating regen is not worth using now. I don't think unless you're just using the, the Maelstrom Resto, um, uh, staff, that'd be the only reason, but unless you are, it's just too weak. I don't think it's worth it. Living Dark is incredibly good, very, very strong. That's just an easy decision, easy change to make there. Um, Dark Flare is the spammable. So um, if you're not aware of Dark Flare, uh, this is an ability. This is the oft-forgotten Templar class ranged spammable. That's right. It's there. Just go go and check. It's there. (laughs) Hey, and you know what? It's always been there. Templars have always Mm -hmm. had a ranged Mm -hmm. spammable. Uh, But Jabs has always been so good that Hardly anyone ever uses it. 
Uh, but it's actually a very, very good ability. It has a full long 28 meter, you know, full range. Um, it deals magic damage, so War Maiden applies to it. Um, it's like Crystal Frags. It has that 0.8 second cast time. People often do refer to this as a ranged dizzy swing. It has a similar kind of feel to it. I actually really like it. It has a very unique animation. It's, it doesn't shoot a projectile straight at your target. You're like lobbing a fireball up in the air, and it makes like a really big arch and comes down like on top of your target. Uh, really neat animation. I actually like it quite a bit. Um, it also applies Major Defile to all enemies within 8 meters of your target. Guaranteed Major Defile for 6 seconds. Um, in a, so eight, within 8 meters of the target, so it's a 16 meter total area. Uh, it's huge, huge, huge. Yeah. And it helps big time with, uh, you, you know, you're trying to burst people down into execute range, which for a Templar starts at like 40% health. That beam starts ramping up starting at 50% health. So starting at about 40% health, it's actually worth it to be using it. It's doing, it's doing significant damage at that point. And, and, and players do not get away from it. Yeah. That's the yeah. beam is on them. I, I mean, this, this bill, I mean, and the Sork is, you know, the Sork's what you're on right now. That's what you're playing. And it's getting crazy kill counts. But I, I This I one's close like you, to it, though. Yeah. I feel like you can't take away from this bill. When I played, yeah. with this, played with you on this build, this build is doing just the same thing. Very little deaths, if any at all. And yeah. the kill count is just ridiculous. I'm actually on the fence on which one is actually the better executioner because they're both kind of different. They're both good for kind of different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, like the Sork has that kind of that mage's wrath, that four second delayed executability that makes it so good. Um, but the radiant oppression, the Jesus beam, it's extremely good because it has a much wider execute window. It deals way more damage, like way, way, way more damage than mage's wrath. Um, and uh, it's not dodgeable. That's a big deal. You you stick this thing on a roly poly. That's see. That's the thing with sorcerers. That's the biggest pain point for a sorcerer's offense. Is everything is very very dodgeable. Um, the beam is not dodgeable. If you get this thing on somebody, if they're in execute range, they they better line of sight. Otherwise, yep. just block. I guess. Hope you have the stamina to to block. Better, you better hope it's one of the battleground maps that has a lot of line of sight. Because if not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for that reason, I think that that's what makes it so good. And just the damage is unreal. Like, like Mage's Wrath is, is really strong and it, it, it hits really hard because of the build that I have. Uh, but still yet, I mean, it's not 80,000 damage, you know, <laughs> which and is what the beam is. you joke about that, but that is actually what the beam is hitting. I mean, yeah. that's the tool. To, it's insane that's how much damage it is. When it has the full 500% execute multiplier, it gets up to 80,000 damage. Mage's Wrath doesn't come close to that. It doesn't. It actually doesn't ramp at all. It has a static tooltip, and it just pops when you're when the target drops below a, a certain amount of health. So anyway, um, what I was saying though is that that major defile from Dark Flare makes it even more hopeless for them to outheal that beam. Right, you're giving them that major defile. You're getting them down to like forty percent or less health. And then you get that beam on them, and a lot of people will try to outheal the beam, but they have major defile, and it's really hard to do. There are other spammables that you could use, um, you know, the the Sigic Order elemental weapon that also deals magic damage, so that would work as well. But it doesn't have that major defile, man. And I think I think it's worth kind of getting over the cast time of this ability, that 0.8 seconds. I feel like that's like I said about crystal frags, that might be a little bit of a turnoff as far as using a range spammable. 
but I actually really like it. It's a different kind of rhythm. It gives it a really unique kind of feel and flow that's different from other uh, characters, other builds. And once you get used to it, it's kind of nice, actually. I kind of like it. I think it's funny that this build has always been possible for a Templar. Like, the beam was buffed <laughs> this patch, but even so, it was already very strong. And this mm -hmm. entire build has always been possible. But Jabs had to get nerfed before yeah. people started trying it out and exploring it as an option this build has been hidden behind jabs <laughs> yeah because it's like how oh this thing i just have to push this one button for twenty thousand damage over and over and over again sweet i win uh as much as i lamented the jabs nerve and i'm still you know i'm not totally over it my stamplar definitely feels that um it is funny, and I'm not this. I'm not the only one that's experiencing this. This is the way to play Templar right now. Arranged mm -hmm. Templar with the beam. That that's the best way to play Templar right now. Um, and most of the the good Templars you see out there, that's that's how they're building themselves. Um, but yeah, it's because Jabs isn't nearly as good anymore. That's why everyone started seeking that out as an option, and now everyone's finding like, oh wow, this is actually one of the best builds you can play in this game. It's yes, so it is, so good. It's it's one of the more popular ones for sure. Yeah, it's very good. I I would say rivals the Sork in some ways. Uh, better group mm -hmm. support, way better group support, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. and I think also, um, in my opinion, the Templar has a way more comfortable bar setup. Uh, it's just way easier to get the things that I like to have on a build uh, on the Templar's bar setup. I had to be way, I had to be really, really creative with the Sork, uh, and even then, it's still not quite as good as the Templar's uh, bar setup. So pros and cons either way. The, the Sork is unreal offensively. The Sork is absolutely unreal. I think yeah. the Templar is almost as unreal offensively, maybe not quite, but much more well-rounded overall as yeah. a build. Um. So yeah, check that out. Build video on YouTube for that as well. If you want to check it out, just search for Cat Sparrowhawk. Uh, speaking of Templars, Davius, Need for Mead? What's going on need, with your Stamplar, dude? Need for Mead, the Stamplar. Look, and, and what's the world coming to when I'm sitting here talking about a Stamplar and you're not? I mean, what what's happening? Well, what's what's hey, going on? I talked on? about, <laughs> I talked about Betsy not that long ago. Betsy's doing fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody worry about Betsy. She's, she's still doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, just kind of my standpoint, this is kind of the other build that I've been playing. And and really, the, the biggest thing I can say, that the, the key line that I can say about this build is, is it's good. I'm not saying it's great. Okay. It's just good. It's All just right. Good. Expectations uh, have been set. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, like you, I mean, you just kind of said that, that if the really the, the key to a Templar right now is, is the Jesus beam and it's getting those executes. And uh, I didn't really do that. You know, I want to stick with Stamplar. This is my Stamplar build. Um, but I do feel really good about this build. Like it is very comfortable to play. Uh, just kind of a reminder of the build setup. I really didn't change it much from the last patch, but it's a uh, five piece Dagon's Dominion, five piece Deadly Strikes. Uh, I did throw the Oaken Soul on there. So I got nice. two, you know, talking two Oaken Soul builds now. All and about that Oaken Soul. You know, got the Oaken Soul. Uh, <laughs> and then one piece trainee just for extra stats. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the kind of thing about this build. It's, it's not going to blow up the chart with crazy kill counts, and it's not going to do crazy damage numbers, but you just you feel very good. You feel very well-rounded on this build. Uh, one key piece is that Dagon and Deadly are both still uh, you know, buffing jabs. Yeah. Um, and and they're buffing it, you know, when you've got two dedicated sets to the jabs, it's actually still getting buffed to an amount that it, it, it on this build is still effective. 
It's a, yeah. you know, Jabs only hits three times now, but on this build with the Oaken Soul, with those two sets, uh, each one of those jabs does have a 5k tooltip. Very uh, nice. Which is, you know, that's yeah. still that's still plenty of damage. Yeah, and then uh, Burning Light is going to be proccing as well. Yep. And yeah, that's going to uh, be nice. The build has three Swift Jewelry, so it's very mobile, very speedy. I like um, it. And, and that's kind of the key to the build, is that it, it has a lot of speed. And with that Oaken Soul build, where you only have to worry about the front bar, you don't have to worry about any buffs or anything like that, your sustain's a little bit easier because you're not casting buff, it, it almost makes the build feel even faster. Because yeah. I, I don't have to worry about any buffs. I'm just almost always on the offensive. And I'm always, the build's just kind of always on the ready. Uh, mm-hmm. You're always on that front bar. You've always got everything you need right on the front bar. It's very, you know, a very simple rotation. And so it makes the build seem so much more mobile and, and faster. And you're not, you're not worrying about buffing or, or bar swapping or anything like that. Uh, I also use toppling charge, which, you know, anybody's used toppling charge also seemingly kind of adds more speed to the build. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It helps big time. Yeah, and so you're, and and I've even used toppling charge to get out of fights. As crazy as that totally. sounds, <laughs> you look yeah. for somebody who's not in the the scrum of things, and you just toppling charge to them, and just use them as a lifeline to get out of fight. Absolutely, uh, absolutely do that with this build. Um, the other thing that I've kind of started doing with this build, you know, there are slight changes. I've started using onslaught. Um, just to kind of add, you know, <laughs> shout nice. out to the past right there, uh, the <laughs> yeah. old onslaught days of old. It's still um, a great ultimate. Yeah, and that's the thing is that the the tooltip on it's huge. Uh, it gives you a hundred percent penetration, basically, yep. on the person yep. you cast it on, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, helps with with the damage on the build, and so um, and and even that you know the Dagon's set that I have on there is is buffing that tooltip, um, and so it's it's working out really well. Yeah, you were saying like, um, you know, this build may not necessarily get the most kills or whatever, but it absolutely is impactful. I mean, you can definitely tell oh, yeah. that, you know, you, you kind of do the Davius thing, kind of what I think of as the Davius thing is like, you <laughs> like to be on that front line and you're laying oh, it, yeah. you're getting those health bars nice and low. And then you're saying, hey guys, get it, do your yep. thing, pick them <laughs> off. You know? It's actually pretty hysterical is that I've gotten to the point now, and I don't even mean to do this, it's just happened, is that when we are doing duos or we're queuing up with Sam or we, you know, we've got like a, a group going, I'll get people to the, 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 the 30%, 20% health bar, and I'll just start yelling at you all. I'll just be like, hey, hey, kill this guy. Yes, like, absolutely. Hey, yep. <laughs> hey, why is this guy not dead? Like, health I, bar, like, health bar. I've gotten this guy to 20%. Like, uh, you guys yeah. take over. I did my part. All right. You <laughs> just have to push your, one, push your one button, <laughs> yeah. do your job. <laughs> why is this guy not dead yet? Uh, I started cracking up when I realized I was doing that in the last PG. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, just going in there and hitting people and then just running off before they're even dead. Uh, I yes, like how this, that's this like kind of your play style that has emerged oh yeah. over the time is like you're a, you're like damage as support is kind of how you like to play. Oh, I yeah. dig that. That, is, that has been my that is that's right down my alley now. That is support my, brawler. I think we coined that term yep, sometime support, in the past. Support brawler is my is my bread and butter. <laughs> and and, and this build just works perfect for it. It uh, with all that mobility, it doesn't die a lot. So you're not getting a lot of kills on the you know, you're not having a lot of kills against your team um and it does lay into the damage you know all those things we're talking about and onslaught and things like that one one possible idea that i just kind of want to talk about is that right now it's you know obviously with the onslaught it's using a two-hander which is nice for the damage um one of the really nice things about this build 
is that it just runs around with just a flat 6,000 weapon damage. And mm. so, like you said, you know, the, the, the onslaught, the, the power of the light, the toppling charge, all the damage is there. Uh, so it, it's got, I guess I should say spell damage. We've talked about this in past yeah, episodes. Yeah, but, yeah. but on a Stamplar, you actually want to stack your spell damage. Right. Uh, but one possible idea I had is that potentially switching to the, uh, the two-hander to a dual wield and then mm-hmm. actually going with the Thrive and Chaos ult. Yeah, I've uh, seen some is, people using that to great effect yeah, recently. It's, it's strong. It's, I, yeah, and you know me. I've always wanted to find a way to use this, and now mm-hmm. I'm actually seeing it being more and more effective. Uh, essentially, the, the, the nice thing about this build, if I did switch to that, is that right now only Dagon's is buffing my Onslaught. Um, Deadly oh, Strikes yeah. really isn't doing anything for it. If I switch to this dual wield, both of the sets would be buffing that ability. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I plugged it into the build editor just to see. It'd be 36, the tooltip was 36k over 8 seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not including, with that Thriving Chaos, every player you hit, you actually deal 6% more damage. You get a 6% damage buff for every player hit. So uh, You could probably get 12, 24 pretty easily. Yeah, and so... Uh, there's potential there. I don't know if I actually want to switch. I've actually, the onslaught's been working pretty well just with that 100% penetration. Once I throw that onslaught, first of all, it's an AOE, so it's, it's you know, it's dealing good damage. But then kind of when I pick that target, you know, I can just toppling charge and then just start laying the jabs into them. Uh, it's been pretty nice, but but it's an idea I'm kind of, you know, throwing around as potentially if I did switch to the dual wield, what that would look like. And, and it might be something that, I try out, but I do feel really good about where the build's at right now. I know you've uh, always been eye- eyeballing that dual-wield ultimate. I've that always is wanted to find a way to use it. Yeah. Um, once again, I'll go over the combo. It's an Oakensoul build, so it's very simple. It's essentially just power of the light, toppling charge, and then if you have it, which, you know, I'm on a Nord, so of course, uh, mm-hmm. with the Oakensoul on a Nord, uh, you throw the Onslaught, and then you just start jabbing away. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty simple. Uh, the other thing about this build is that, once again, it is pretty tanky. Um, I don't know if I would say tanky as much as I would survivable. Yeah. Um, the, the best defense this build have is just how mobile it is. The toppling charge, the three swift. Uh, you're always on that front bar. You're, you're not really having to worry about, you know, do you need to be in defense or offense? Um, it's very mobile moving around. Um, so that that's probably the best defense is the mobility. But I do use the honor of the dead. And then right now... Uh, you're going to call me silly for this, but right now I'm using... <laughs> I'm going to call you silly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're silly anyway. You're just a silly man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's old Bear Claw. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I've been using Repentance just for the extra sustain and stamina. Okay. But I'm thinking, and I can't believe I made this change already, I've got to switch to uh, the Living Dark, the bubble. Yes, absolutely. That's the yeah. way to go. Because uh, part of Repentance I, is wasted because those uh, yeah. those passives, already you already, already get those. I already have all those buffs with Oakensoul. And yeah. so I think once I throw that Living Dark bubble on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, with your speed. Only, absolutely. Yeah, it's only going to be even more tanky. Uh, he's He's just fine on sustain. Uh, you know, I use well fitted. It's a seven medium build with all well, you know, with all well fitted. So sustains really not been an issue. So I think that once I throw that uh, bubble on there, this build's gonna feel it's gonna feel real good. And you know, I yeah, I gotta throw out there that the Stamplar is still alive. Still feels good. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was playing on mine, and I, I still think it feels good. I can definitely tell the damage nerfs are there, but I can mm-hmm. also tell that I'm so much more survivable as well, so it just kind of evens out, really. Yep. It's kind of crazy, it, and, and that's kind of going back to what I started with. It's not like this amazing build. It's not this great build. It's just good. It's like, yeah. I, have all the to- I have all the tools I need. I yes. deal enough damage. Like, there's players you're going to run into, you just can't kill. It's just not yeah. going to happen. But you can be very picky about once you kind of fire in the players in a BG that you can kill, you can get right to those people and just continue killing them. <laughs> and yeah. then if, if, if there's a tanky player you can't kill, you can group up with your teammates and kind of help them lay in the damage to kind of help them take them down. And a really fun way to play Stamplar to me in a BG is to be very like hyper, like team focused and very mm-hmm. much like, you know, you want to get kills. Certainly it's definitely like an offensive build, but just, Constantly being situationally aware, doing whatever your teammates need, toss somebody a heal if they need it, give them the cleansing circle if they need it, Uh, you know, take out a target when the opportunity arises, but just try to be the, like, do whatever is needed from moment to moment. That is an absolute great point. I'll go back to the toppling charge ability. I use that ability. Like I said, you know, I use it to get out of get out of trouble. But I, another huge reason I use that ability is to save my teammates. If I see a teammate mm-hmm. that's just... You know, they're on the verge of dying and they've got somebody on top of them. I'll just toppling charge that person, stun them, let my teammate get out of there, you know, kind of throw a couple jabs, just kind of distract them, and then I can get out of there. And it can be a huge team support ability uh, with how good that ability is. Yeah, and I think that's kind of Templar's strong suit in general is being able to make those snap decisions, whatever it may be. Do I need to make an offensive decision? Do I need to make a defensive decision? Like right here, right now, I need to push one button that's going to be very impactful no matter mm-hmm. what. I feel like that is that is what Templar is good at. Yeah. Um, so trying to play in that mode and not totally basing it off of kill counts and that sort of stuff, um, I think you can kind of feel like you're having a lot more success that way. And you're totally right. Like all the tools are there. It's really easy on a Templar, both Stam or Magicka, to just have all the tools that you need in your kit. You know, the, the bar space is always very comfortable on a Templar, I think. Yep. Need for me, probably your best character name, right? You think? <laughs> well, I mean, there's some good ones out there. But there are need some good for ones. Mead, I will say this. Let me that say this. It's so perfectly fitting. It is probably the one that's been like, I've gotten whispers, the most whispers about yeah. people just complimenting that name. The need yeah, just me. what a great name. Gosh, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? <laughs> well, it's just so, okay, it's, it's Nord focused, it's Nord centric, oh, yeah. right? For sure. And this is a speed-focused build, and it's like the need for speed, need for mead, yep. you know? It's just yep. like exactly just the perfect name. So great. Yep. And I, I really like the need for mead's look. He looks like a just a wild Nord. That's really yes. what I was going for. He's a wild man. He's a wild one. He's sure he's got the, those horns and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very, very loud looking. <laughs> uh Last build I have to talk about is my Stamina Nightblade, Catface Johnson. I've mentioned him numerous times recently. Legend of a character. Absolute <laughs> legend. Uh, the dude's still rocking. I've I've kind of benched him just a little bit these last couple of weeks while I've played around with this uh, Sork and this Magplar. Uh, but I think I'm about to be picking him back up. I've kind of had my time with, with those two builds for now. Uh, and we're going to be picking Catface back up. I think I'm probably going to try to make a build video for him we'll see but at the very least i'm just going to be doing a bunch of bgs and i want to be a night blade i want to be a monster on a night blade it's kind of my goal <laughs> i want to just like main this dude for for a while 
and just kind of get in that zone (laughs) temporarily a stand blade main sure sure uh but I want to get in that zone. That's the thing about uh, about Nightblades in general is that's you have to find that zone to be good. Like it doesn't matter how much damage you have, how how much heat you're packing, you got to know how to deliver it. And it's against good players who like know how to deal with Nightblades. Man, it's tough. You got to really try and outthink your opponents, and you have to have kind of good improvisational skills and think on the fly. And uh, it's not like a Templar, you know, where you can just spam jabs and close your eyes and hope for the best. You know, you really have to. If you miss your merciless resolve, that's that's gone. You know, it's going to be a while before you get that back. You know, uh, so it's a lot of playing smart. So that's why I think of that's why I've kind of benched him because I've been wanting to play with these other characters, and I feel like if I'm trying to juggle him amongst these other characters, I'm just not going to be very good with him because you really, I feel like I really have to focus on Nightblade uh, and kind of get into that groove over the course of a few days at least. So that's the plan. I'm going to be maining Nightblade, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be super awesome. I know this build is still good. Catface's build is Wretched Vitality on the body, Griffin's Ferocity as a front bar set with dual maces, uh, the Master Bow in the back bar, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, and One Piece Magma Incarnate. Uh, so same build I've been using the last you know few times I've talked about him. It's still very, very good. Um, I, I'm thinking about maybe trying... Um, Stygian. I want to try Stygian before I like totally commit to this build. That's uh, in place of uh, Griffin's, right? In place of Griffin's Ferocity, yeah. And Stygian is the one that it gives you 369 weapon and spell damage when you come out of stealth, and it also has really, really good 2-3-4 piece bonuses. It's also a little pricey. <laughs> it's a little pricey, yes, exactly. That's what I was about to say. I want to try it, but that price is a deterrent. But uh, the thing is, Griffin's Ferocity, I'm thinking like half of Griffin's Ferocity is kind of wasted because I have Minor Expedition from Concealed Weapon. Um, So the Minor Expedition I get from Griffin's Ferocity is kind of um, uh, redundant. However, the the Minor Expedition that I get from Griffin's Ferocity carries to the back bar, whereas Concealed Weapon doesn't. So there is that benefit. I do really like Griffin's. That 10%, that, that minor force that I'm getting from it is also very, very good. So there's a very strong chance I'll just stick with Griffins in the end. That's why I don't really want to spend, you know, 500,000 gold or however much it'll cost to, to just try Stygian. Because um, I'd have to get the jewelry and all that. Um, Gotta get all the pieces. Whether I try it or not, that's definitely a good option. For anyone who's wanting to maybe try a similar kind of Nightblade build, if you're thinking, I don't know about Griffins, Stygian would be the other option, basically. It would be the the, the best, probably, one to, to choose from. But um. I don't have a ton to say about this guy because I haven't really been playing with him a lot lately. I just kind of wanted to remind people of what the build is and just say that I'm going to be kind of really focused on this dude for a little while. So maybe look for the next few episodes. This will probably be the, the dude that I talk about if there's time between the PTS stuff and everything. So more to come with Catface Johnson. Anything else you've been up to lately? Just coming up with... Uh... More theorycraft, and I think the next characters I'm probably going to look at is, you know, I've been really close to coming up with something with my uh, my stamina necro, and then I think the next character from there that I might tinker with is my my stam sork. Ooh, okay, got my interest there. We'll see what's down the road. Okay, I want to hear about that stam sork. (laughs) I want to know. I need to know. Any stamps where things are happening, I need to be informed. (laughs) 
<laughs> do I need to get my st- do I need to log in with my stamp right, right now? Get the stamp sort bros going. I'm already logged in with mine right now. <laughs> the what are we best, doing? The best bros. Let's go. The Bushwhack oh, Twins is what I call. Bushwhack Twins. There yeah. we go. I remember that time in Imperial City. To, yeah, that's what I was about to just say. To date, still our best PvP battle uh, experience in so the sewers. Far. It was glorious. Mm-hmm. We even had spectators. That's really what took it up a notch. Is that yeah, we had spectators whispering us how how well it was, how good the fight was. There were like enemy players that were just doing a sit chair in a corner and watching and whispering us and just making comments and stuff. It was really funny. That was a long time ago. Anyway. <laughs> we're nearing the end here emails and shout outs there are no emails this week but if you'd like to send us an email that email address is scrollingpodcast at gmail.com um, send us your favorite banana nut bread recipe mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Mm. that's key hey it's about that time of year dude it's about that time uh, of year or pumpkin uh, bread also delicious also very good I prefer the banana nut but I'll, I'll take either too. one I do too yeah uh, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com uh, ask us any questions <laughs> any suggestions for the show uh, say hello tell us a joke whatever you like scrollingpodcast at gmail.com uh, shout out to Crimson Knight Dr. Professor and Grizzly Khan for being in the chat tonight thank you Heck for yeah. uh, for joining us uh, always a pleasure uh, we have a guild the guild's name is Stoons Goons the best named guild on the PCNA server and the official guild of the scrolling podcast <laughs> How was you're that, starting to, you're starting to develop a tone when you say we have a guild. We have a There's guild. a tone that's developing. No, I was trying to be very. We, I was trying to be uh, professional. There's a little bit of. There's a tone. I'm sensing it. Can't hide that from me. Sam, we're 85. We're 85 episodes in. You can't hide that tone from me. <laughs> <laughs> Grizzly Khan says, "Shout out to Uncle Sam for sharing the build." I mean, he got his shout out. At, during that segment, but fine. Shout out to Uncle Sam. <laughs> shout out to Uncle Sam. Shout out to Uncle Sam for for getting a lot of kills when I play duos with him. Yeah, I appreciate thanks. those kills for the team. Thanks for stealing all my kills, dude. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, you can email us at scrollingpodcast at gmail dot com. We'll send you an invite. Uh, that's on the PCNA server. If your uh, guild roster is full, that's okay. We can invite you to the Discord. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody who's in the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. You can come along on any events and uh, uh, anything like that. That's really where we're always chatting and sharing memes and talking anyway. Uh, so podcast at gmail.com. Join the Discord. Join the Stoons goons. Whatever you want. What else we got, Davius? Is that it? I think that's it. Is it we, we going with our new our new goodbye? See you in the Bee Gees? Is that our new slogan? Well, no. We can't. I mean, <laughs> no, we can. Absolutely. Uh, no. Nope, it's over. <laughs> it's past. The moment's past. Never mind. Take it all back. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.